0: You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life or just look smarter at your next dinner party, I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So this episode falls at the top of the month, and with every top of the month episode, I get to give you my top five, and I love each month coming up with my own top five. So this month's top five is, uh, my first one is luxury vinyl tile, okay? So we are in the middle of redoing our kitchen, and the flooring that we put down is luxury vinyl tile. And so it's really soft and kind of squishy, and there's no grout to clean because, you know, as a hygienist, like cleaning, like it's got to be like cleanable. Right. So it's super cool. I really like it. I don't know why everybody doesn't have this kind of flooring. So uh, check it out if you're looking for flooring. Uh, my next one is my stand up paddleboard. It's finally getting warm enough. And so I've been able to take my stand up paddleboard out and enjoy the water. And and in fact, the guest that we have on today, she and I went stand up paddleboarding together. I didn't even think about that till right now. Uh, and anyway, I love it because you can't bring your phone with you. So I can't have any media. It's just time to be in my brain. Uh, my third favorite thing is mouthwatch cameras. I don't know if you guys are using intraoral cameras, but I got to tell you, these are a game changer for patient communication. So check out mouthwatch cameras. My fourth favorite thing is Safco Dental Supply because they sell directly to hygienists. Like you don't even need a dentist account. Like I can buy toothbrushes that then I use for... Uh, My food bank, because I decided that when people pick up money or food at the food bank, they should also get a toothbrush, right? Why not? So now I buy toothbrushes from them. And then the number five is the Rise Conference, which I just came back from. uh, And it was a wonderful weekend away put on by four amazing dental hygienists for kind of elevating our career and learning more about ourselves. And it was a great opportunity. So check out the Rise Conference. I know they are bound to have one other places. This one was in Virginia and they plan to move across the country. So, in fact, speaking of the Rise Conference, Our guest today, we hung out together at the Rice Conference, stand-up paddleboarding, and other things.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. So much fun. So much fun. We need to be doing
0: this again. I mean, I
1: I wish we we need to get all, somehow figure out our, like, podcasting equipment and do it on (gasps) the paddleboard.
0: That was so Paddleboard podcasting. (laughs) This is genius. Okay, I love this plan. I love this plan. Well, let me officially introduce you. So this, our guest today is Dr. Megan Ryder, RDH, and she is coming on today to help us with the top five factors to consider when deciding if you wanna continue your education. So Megan, thanks for coming on today
1: hey, this is, thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm super excited. Um, You know, it's just, like I said, you know, thinking about continuing your education. And it's interesting because it it was just so appropriate to with the RISE conference. And we talked about this a lot that, you know, people kind of went into hibernation during COVID. And now it's like, we're all coming out of our shell, coming out of our cocoon. And it's like, we all want that self-improvement. And so I, I think a lot of people are thinking about, what do I want? out of my career out of my life personal professional development is it does it mean that I need to maybe continue my education to take that next step so I think that right now more than ever it's just something that a lot of people are thinking about
0: yeah and I but I love the fact that we're going to talk about sort of considering whether to do it as opposed to oh yes you should absolutely do it everybody should do it that's the thing you should do because really it is really something that you really you need to consider whether that's going to be right for your career is it are you doing it just to do it or are you doing it because it's going to benefit you which is important to think At- about
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to do a disclaimer statement here because there are so many hygienists that have an associate's degree and are kicking major butt. I mean, they're making such a difference. So I'm not saying that it, you have to be have a degree to be successful because that's not the case, you know. But I think it's important to think about that if you do feel that continuing your education is in your future, there's a lot of things that you need to think about. And to, um, you know, you have to do your homework. We were saying doing your homework, before you even start going into a program. No, it's a lot of work. And it's a homework? big decision. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, what it makes is, you an but... expert though? Why, why on earth can you tell me about this? You, yeah, you have a whole so... doctor in your name.
1: I've been a professional student for a long time, Amanda.
0: <laughs> so
1: I started off, obviously, like the rest of us in dental hygiene school. I graduated when I was 20 in 2011. And so I always knew when I was continuing my education or in, in dental hygiene that I wanted to to continue to get my bachelor's degree. I wasn't for sure what I wanted to get it in, um, but I just always knew you have that feeling. I think, you know, you always have that moment that you might just, it's so clear. And I had just graduated. I was like that shiny new penny hygienist in the office and I was in practice for about a month and it was just, my dentist was doing his exam and it was like, I just reflected for a moment, like just take in that moment and soak it in like, wow, I, I made it. I'm a hygienist. This is so awesome. Awesome. I love it. But at the same time too, I had that moment where I was like, I don't know if I can do this for the next 35 years being a clinical hygienist. And so I really knew that I, I, I personally like, I'm a person that likes a challenge So I knew that I would go and get my bachelor's. So I took a year off to just kind of reconsider what I wanted to do. And then I went on and got my bachelor's in community health. Um, I think what led me to do that was my mom is big into community health. She's a director of outreach at a hospital. And so I kind of followed in her footsteps a little bit and did my bachelor's in community health. Um, And then when I was finishing up that last semester of my bachelor's degree, I'd always kept in contact with our program director. She'd been a, a strong mentor for me as well. And I thought, you know, I really am interested in teaching dental hygiene. And so I remember again, too, we met for lunch, and she gave me some ideas for programs to look into. And so I got my Um, master's then back in dental hygiene. I went to University of Bridgeport. That was the first school of dental hygiene, which was so awesome. It was great to go there and for orientation and see um, the setup that they had there. It's amazing, absolutely beautiful. And so that was really helpful for me then, you know, to move forward in that um, education realm. And so um, I won't get too far into it because it kind of ties in with my top five here. Um, But then once I finished, I swore I was done. I was like my my master's degree. I am good to go, and so I remember going out then for graduation to Connecticut again. And I was talking with some of my classmates. You know, it's a small cohort, so you get to know people really well. And and they were like, "We're going right into our doctorate degree," and I'm like, "You are?" <laughs> like and it had just really never crossed my radar. And so, you know, that summer, I remember opening my diploma again, and it's just like that amazing moment that you have of a feeling of accomplishment. And it was just like that little voice in the back of my head that was like, ooh, Megan, I don't know if we're done yet. And so, Then I, that October, then I started my doctorate degree and that took me about three and a half years to finish. And I just finished up last, I finished last year, May of 2020, but I feel like I'm officially done now because I just found out about two weeks ago that my research that I did for my doctorate program is being published. So now I feel like I'm totally done with my doctorate degree because that was my main goal. So um, yeah, it was a good feeling to have that done. That's
0: awesome. And what did you get your doctorate in?
1: So, my doctorate is in health sciences with a concentration in leadership and organizational behavior. So, each degree that I got was something a little bit different. Um, and so, I think that just I, I really enjoyed that. So, you know, I, I know some people are, you know, want to do one thing throughout the entire, um, you know, as they uh, advance their degree in education, which is totally fine too. You know, it, it's to each their own. So, um, that kind of ties into then, you know, what we, what you have to think about when you go back to school.
0: For sure. Well, I have to see if I get a master's in podcasting. That'd be good. I can-
1: yes. And if not like <laughs> just create the degree. Do it, Amanda. Yeah. There
0: you go. There you go. I'll make a degree. masters, Master podcaster. Ooh, that rhymes. Ooh, <laughs> hey, that's good. All right. Well, let's launch into your top five. So the top five factors to consider when deciding to continue education. What's number one?
1: Yeah. So the first one is finding your why. And so I think this is really important to take the time and, you know, take inventory of what are your passions, what are your motivations, and really think about, you know, like you talked about two men at the beginning, when you do decide to go back to school, is it to get more specialized knowledge, change maybe a little bit of a different career path in dental hygiene, maybe getting some type of promotion, um, or, you know, is it just um, for personal enrichment too? You know, that's definitely an option. Another thing that is, I think, really helpful to think about is looking at job descriptions of jobs that you want and then look up at what are their qualifications that they want for you to have for experience and for education. And so that might be something really helpful to make that decision if you're kind of on the fence. For
0: sure, and that then makes a lot of one, sense.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I didn't really do that for my bachelor's or master's. And then I started doing that for my doctorate. And I was like, oh, you know, that that's actually kind of helpful to because someone had mentioned that to me at that point. And then it was like, oh, yeah, that is a really good thing to consider. So and then obviously, I think this is what we all kind of tend to do when we think about going back to school is just ask around with people who have an advanced degree. What did they get their degree, their degree in? Um you know, was it did you like the program that you went to? Did you like the instructors? You know, that's really important, too, when you continue your education.
0: For sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and 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 when we talk about degree and maybe I'm jumping ahead into one of your top fives, but it doesn't always necessarily mean uh, a like a graduate degree or a bachelor's like it could just it could be a certificate of some sort. Yes. As well,
1: yeah. Absolutely. And that's funny, too. I do mention that at the end because there's so many, you know, certificates and, um, you know, like fellowships or things that you can add to really enrich your personal and professional development. There's so many options out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a little overwhelming. It is almost a little overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Like I have a Danby infection control certificate that I got over COVID. Like, so I took some extra infection control classes. So, you know. Yeah different things like that. Well,
1: and, and if you're like my husband as well, you know, I always kind of tease every September, October, I'm like, okay, so what degree should I start next? And he's like, um, I think we're on pause with that for a while, but you know, you can always get a certificate and
0: something. <laughs> more letters, more letters. Yes. Oh. All right. Well, what's number two?
1: Yeah, so number two is pay attention to the core courses and the tracks. Um, You know, thinking about, again, do they align with your values? Are they realistic around your life and availability? Um, You know, thinking back, I chose Eastern. I I went to Eastern Illinois University for my bachelor's degree. I liked their community health program. Their advisors made it super easy for me to just transition right into that degree. Um, I chose University of Bridgeport for my master's again because their advisors were amazing. I could do the program online, which was super helpful at that point in my life. Um, and so, and then with ATSU, AT Still University, for my doctorate, I really liked that program and their values because they are very a forward-thinking school. They really focus on the whole patient-centered care. They're really big into community outreach and interprofessional education, which that's what I interprofessional education was what my research focused on. And so another thing that was really cool with ATSU was that I got to do courses with all types of health professions. So obviously with, when I was in my master's program, that was all dental hygiene students. Um, but I really liked that with my doctorate to have a different focus and I learned a lot from other professions and it was really cool too. I mean, like every hygienist, obviously, you know, when you talk to say that you're a hygienist then you get all kinds of side conversations about their dental experiences and, you know, Always. I mean um, but it was fun because I felt like each discussion post, I got to do a little bit of tidbit of oral health education to my classmates. And that was really cool.
0: That is awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and a lot of schools have, you know, certain tracks, whether it's public health, whether it's education or if it's leadership, you know, so um, really f- focusing on what are the core tracks and then obviously picking a concentration that you're interested in. So taking a look at that is really important.
0: Well, for sure. I mean, you study something that's not so interesting. I doubt you're going to do very well.
1: Right. I mean, you know, and when you do decide to continue your education, that's an investment not only for your time, but for your money, too. And so, like you said, to do an advanced degree, that's at least two years. And that's a lot of time, you know, so you want it to be something that you're interested in most definitely.
0: Absolutely. Well, what's number three?
1: Number three is do your homework on instructors in the program, and so find people that I, – I love to do this whenever I'm taking a continuing education course or, you know, looking at um, – you know, who was in an article for uh, that I'm reading. I just love to read their bios. And how did they get to where they were at? And so when you're looking at instructors, is there someone that maybe could be your mentor? Have they done a lot of work that you are interested in doing as well? They could really help you take that next step. And so I I know that saying, and everyone always says it, you know, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. So if you're going to be putting forth that effort and education really take the time to get to know your instructors as well, because they are so valuable. And as an instructor myself, you know, I think that being a mentor is just kind of part of the, you know, because it's part of the job description. It's just kind of a a given that you are a mentor as well. And so, um, and I, I love hearing from previous students. And so um, as a Uh, student in a program I think it's really important to think about though who who is teaching those classes and of
0: course I feel like I need to update my bio right now (laughs) 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 all right yeah
1: it's 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 fun to I love reading about who who's done what how did you get there it's 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 exciting
0: yeah for sure well that's number four so number
1: four is find a program that requires you to do something to elevate your career and open doors. And so this is kind of, again, with the um, instructors looking at, you know, what they, who, who's in the program. But really, when you look at a, a master's or even a bachelor's program, you know, usually you're required to do some type of internship, student teaching, or something like that, where you're on, you know, you're putting that on hands experience on something and so um, when I did my bachelor's degree, I had to do an internship. I did it at an FQHC. That was absolutely amazing. Um, when I did my master's degree, it required me to do a student teaching um, experience. And so that worked out really well for me because I got to basically, whenever the next adjunct faculty position became available, I was kind of, you know, right there and, and ready because I was, I knew the instructors, which I mean, granted, I was there as a student. So they, they knew me already as well, but, you know, it just really solicited. That I was competent then to be able to take on a didactic course aside from you know being in clinic, so um, that was really it's it's kind of that way to just get your foot in the door and it's like that little extra oomph it's that little push that you can really um, take that next step to get your foot in the door somewhere and get to know people. And then for my doctorate degree, it was great because I really wanted to be published. And so that was what I was able to achieve then when I took on that degree as well. So that was kind of my ultimate goal for my doctorate degree. So um, really thinking about a degree that can kind of maybe push you out of your comfort zone a little bit that you might not go and do on your own otherwise.
0: Well, absolutely. I I think that's true for so many things is to make sure that you do things that scare you just a little bit. Um, because that means you're, you're pushing it right. And you're learning because we can all just stay in this, like same old, same old, but clearly if you're pursuing higher education, it's because you're looking for something different or you're looking for some sort of change or, um, and so, yeah, that push, that push sometimes is exactly what you need.
1: Yeah. And I love that saying that you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I feel like that's been my mantra for like the last year, (laughs) but that's so true, you know, and I feel like education can definitely put you in the right direction to take that next step. Yeah,
0: I love that. All right, well, what's number five?
1: So number five, I get this a lot from my students, and so it's, you know, do I get the next degree in dental hygiene, or do I get it in another degree? And that's really kind of a personal preference. Unfortunately, I don't have the answer for everyone, because it really is thinking about what do you want to do next? And so, um, you know, it's, it just is what do you want to get out of it? You know, my master's was so great. I was able to learn how to write a syllabi, you know, teach different, um, have different teaching techniques and methodologies and the theories behind it, you know, revising curriculum. So that was really great for me. Right now, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm working in public health right now. I, I'd been in clinical practice for 10 years. I was in education for five. And now I'm working full-time in a public health setting as a community health educator. And so this, I, I really kind of wanted to use my bachelor's degree a little bit, kind of diversify my background. Um, you know. And so it's been a good stepping stone to, once again, be comfortable with uncomfortable, um, especially in a pandemic. <laughs> Who joins public health during a pandemic? I don't know. I guess I do, um, but you know, it's it's been a really good learning experience. Um, so really thinking about you know where where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself? So you know that's really if you decide to do a, a program in dental hygiene or another degree, that really just kind of ties back to what are you looking for, but. You know, you kind of mentioned, Amanda, for different ideas for schooling, and I was talking about this with one of my previous hygiene classmates. You know, other degrees that you might want to consider are, you know, population health. That's a really big one right now, and there's even certificates in that that you can get. There's curriculum development There's public health, obviously there's dental hygiene, and then there's education and even leadership. You know, you can get a degree in that as well. So there's lots of different options that might not necessarily completely take you out of dental hygiene, but you can use it in other areas that hygiene has to offer.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I really love the idea of of saying it doesn't have to be a a master's degree at, you know, a, a higher level university. It can be a certificate. It can be something like that, that really, but it goes back to your number one. What's your why? Why do you want to do this? Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think for a lot of people, that can be the hard part, you know, it is just making.
0: Yeah. I just want somebody (laughs) to tell me my why. If you tell me my why, I will do it. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a path. Give me a direction.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll get to point A to point B, but it's, it's the, all that in between and and the upfront
0: behind the scenes legwork. That's the tough part. Absolutely. 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 Well, anything else to add before we review your top five?
1: Well, and one more thing, too, is you know, a lot of times people are concerned about, you know, online or in person. And let me tell you, a lot of my hygiene students are like, I don't know if I can do online, which I feel like that, you know, with the pandemic, everything's online and Zoom now. So I feel like people have gotten a lot more acclimated with that. But Let me tell you, for people who my students are like, I don't know, a bachelor's would be so hard, which, you know, it's every degree has its own challenges. But I always tell my students, if you can survive hygiene school, you can survive anything. Okay, (laughs) you know, and the hygiene school, obviously, the curriculum is really tough as you continue on, you know, it's the balancing of life, of family, of, you know, other commitments, the time management. That's the hard part to think about when you're going back to school. It's not always necessarily, um, you know the curriculum that might not be the the most kicker. You know it's it's juggling everything else in addition to going back to school. So um, yeah, I totally I totally feel that for people. Um, in fact, I started a course the day after I had Charlotte, my firstborn. So. That was uh, a bit crazy. It was my first kid. I don't know if I will ever do that again, which, no, I don't think I will.
0: I won't. But <laughs> Did you retain any of that information? Because I don't think I would have retained any
1: of it. Luckily, my instructor gave me this syllabi like two or three weeks before. So I was able to kind of at least get ahead for two or three courses. Uh, or two or three weeks, but um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a blur, you know, and, and a lot of our students too, you know, they have a baby throughout the program. I mean, it's just kudos to all the moms that go back to school and get a degree and finish because it's truly a feat. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, most of my degree in schooling that I did was before I had children. Yeah. So that's, that's just a totally different ball game. So, and another nice thing that is with online, you know, you have that flexibility then to just kind of fit it in when you can. And, you know, early mornings, late nights, you know, did a lot of those. So that's really nice too. Um, And even thinking about finances, um, You know, some programs, obviously, the beauty of online is you can go out of state, um, you know, and sometimes those programs have the out of state tuition attached to that as well. But if you talk to the advisors, you know, there are certain ways that you can kind of work around that and work past that. So don't be afraid to ask about ways that they can help you with their tuition as well, because a lot of schools are open to
0: that, too. That's great to know. That's really good to understand. I think I would just think I had to pay whatever they said.
1: Yeah, you you see the price tag and it can be oh, sticker shock. You know what I mean? Totally. So, um it's just always worth having a conversation. So, and then, you know, kind of thinking about Just continuing your education in general, you know, it's not only is it personal and professional development, but it just I feel like it elevates our profession as well as a whole. You know, and we need people that are able and ready to teach. You know, a lot of states are now expanding their scope of practice with dental therapy and so In order to expand, we need people able and ready to be able to teach that too, right? And even if you're not teaching it, be a mentor for someone. And so even thinking about too, you know, we don't have a doctorate program in dental hygiene yet. You know, that would be amazing to get that in place. I know there's been some great strides made um, in the past, but, you know, that's something that I think our profession would just totally um, benefit from as well. But in order to address access to care, you know, we really need to elevate our profession by continuing our education Advocating for our profession, I think that's why it's so important to be an ADHA member, and ultimately, really just you know serve people who need care the most. And so, I think that's one thing also to consider when you are continuing your education is how can you take that degree and and give back to make our profession better and um, help serve the underserved and people who need access to care.
0: Absolutely, it's something that I think COVID has really shined a light on is is you know that access to care issue.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, there's been a lot of silver linings to COVID. You know, I mean, it's been, and it's learning experience and, you know, painful for everybody in some way. Um, but there have, you know, I like to look at the positives. There's been a lot of silver linings to it as well. For sure.
0: For sure. Well, let's review your top five. So yeah. the top five factors to consider when continuing your education. Number one is find your why. You have to do the work though. Number mm-hmm. two, pay attention to the core courses and tracks. Number three, do your homework before you enroll and do yes. your homework. Do your homework on the instructor. It starts before yeah. it starts. Ah. Number four, find a program that requires you to do something to elevate your career or ele- elevate that goal. Um, and number five, decide on whether it should be dental hygiene or another degree. And we might have added in a little bit about finances online in person you might have had your top 10 right there i'm just saying just just a little bit of everything
1: hodgepodge yeah Yeah. well
0: megan if people (laughs) want to find out more about you or they have some questions about continuing their education how can they reach out to you
1: yeah so they can my personal email which i'm terrible i haven't changed it from my uh maiden name. Oh, my email is still my maiden name, but it's um, Megan MeganSikma, M-E-G-A-N-S-I-K-M-A, M as in Mary, at gmail.com. Um, they can email me there um, or find me on Facebook. I have my professional page of Dr. Megan Ryder, so you can always message me on Facebook there as well. Um, I'm also partnering with Dr. Kelly Tanner. She has been on the podcast here as well. but She has a Next Level Dental Hygiene Company And so I'm also in cahoots with her right now, too. We are creating a next level academy. And so this kind of really ties in well, too, with, you know, kind of continuing your education, figuring out your why, figuring out your purpose, Um, because this academy we're going to be launching um, towards the end of the summer, early fall. Um, You can go on our website and sign up for emails to get notifications. Um, But what the academy is, is it's just really designed for dental hygienists based on where they are in their personal and professional journey, the academy is designed to help you focus on your why and thinking about your mindset and how to get really crystal clear on what you want first before starting your next career path. So, um, you know, kind of very similar with the Rise Retreat as well. Um, but if you think about, many hygienists are leaving the profession because they are burned out or they feel like they have reached their skill capacity and just really aren't sure where to go next, and so. The academy offers this personal enrichment to help you discover your natural leadership, um, your communication styles, and just helps you again identify your purpose, and then figure out, okay, this is my purpose, and how am I going to do X, Y, Z to make my, you know, make that happen. And so we're gonna offer in the curriculum. There's gonna be your the finding you courses that you'll take first. There's about four or five courses that we've got, and then you can get into your career pathways. So we've got it in corporate and sales or in education, in clinical and advanced clinical, or even entrepreneur. You know, there's a lot of different roles that you can take on as a hygienist. And so each pathway, you know, kind of helps remove that learning curve and your chosen pathway to just really create the freedom and satisfaction that you want in your career. So it's really for everybody because it's for whether you aren't sure where to go next and we help you kind of make that next step. Or if you are sure of what you wanna do, you can go into that pathway and it's just really enrichment courses to help you achieve your goals.
0: A whole nother way to continue your education without having to enroll in a Absolutely. scary university. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that makes yes, sense. Yes, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Well, cool. And so, you know, like I said Yeah. For more information on that, just our, the website is nextleveldentalhygiene.com. And again, you can like, they have a Facebook page too called um, Next Level Dental Hygiene. So like us on Facebook and you can learn more about that.
0: Perfect. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Hey, thanks for
0: having me, Amanda.
1: I hope we can get on those paddle boards again soon. That was so much fun.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, we all know know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda.